Welcome to the December Paranormal Roundtable. I'm Ash from Pursuit of the Paranormal, and I'm here, as always, with the lovely Michaela from the Paranormal or What podcast. Hello. 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 Welcome back. Thank you. And we are joined, as always, with Mike from Power Mike. How are you doing? I am not bad at all, Ashley. How are you yourself? And Michaela, in fact. Hello. Yeah, it feels like forever since I've spoken to you two. It does. It seems yeah, like a really long time. It's been a couple mm. of months, hasn't it? At least. Couldn't even, we didn't even cash in on Halloween. That's how long it's been. It's not even like we missed a Halloween episode to really, really bring that money in. Really cash in, yeah. <laughs> money, money, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, yeah. I think it's more like spending money from my side rather than bringing it in. True. Yeah, I don't think we did a September one either. Anyway, that's by the by. We're here now. Mm. Right in time for the, the Yule period where spooky things Yeah, there's lots of uh, Christmas ghost stories uh, up and down the country, which are always fun to... To hear and talk about, and obviously you got the famous one, Christmas Carol, or the ghosts of Christmas past, and all that stuff. And it's, a, it's a funny one as well because I think before, uh, bear with me with this, I get to hear about it because my partner's got a master's degree in English, so it balls the tits off. <laughs> but apparently, before Chuckins sort of wrote a Christmas Carol, ghost stories were a prevalent thing, and obviously one of the things that you would do before christmas was christmas would be sit around and tell ghost stories around a fire around this time of the year and i guess it's, it's cold and it's spooky and everything else um and a lot of people seem to think that christmas is one of the times where the the veil is thinner for want of a better term who knows because hmm. we, we used to have a family tradition where we'd have Christmas night at my auntie's, like we'd all go every, every year from being kids for like 20 years. We went every year, like a couple of weeks before Christmas, and we would do that. We would, we had the other big open fire, an open log fire, and big chimney. They'd have the fire, we'd sit around, we would tell ghost stories. And I really kind of thought about why do the ghost stories kind of a bit weird how you associate Christmas with ghosts. It's kind of a like obviously Halloween, I told with ghosts, but yeah, never really thought about that, like Christmas and ghosts. Yeah, it's yeah, weirdly, it's one of those things, but I suppose it's um, maybe it's yeah, reflecting on the past, you know, maybe, maybe back the, over the year and and thinking before the before. new beginnings of the new year. Yeah, you could yeah. be you could be very right. Maybe there's um, some of that comes from the, the pagan holiday that was around the same time that got amalgamated, yeah. True. Could be. Googling as we talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested now. What about it before? Let's see. Um, ah, so yeah, linking into what you said, Mike. Uh, some suggest an ancient spiritual link with the Celts and their belief that the veil between the world of the living and the world of the dead is finished at this time of year. Others say it was simply the Victorian passion for ghost stories that led them being printed around this time. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yep. I went on a a couple of years ago when we went up north. We went to a place called Haworth, where the Bronte sisters. Oh, that's really near from, where uh, I'm where... from. Yeah, yeah. I I thought you might be like, oh, um, Weathering Heights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we did a ghost walk, and the 
the guy who was doing the tour was like, oh, Christmas, Halloween, and a date, uh, St. Mark's Eve. Uh, he said, like, the three times of the year when the veil is thinnest, quote-unquote. And the funniest thing was, he goes, St. Mark's Eve, the eve of the 24th of April, and me and Patsy just fucking looked at each other, and he goes, has someone got a birthday then? And I was like, yeah, me. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, oh, well, that's when when the veil's thinnest, and one one of the times a year. And I was like, oh, oh, brilliant. One odd coincidence. (laughs) I wonder what that says about you. Yeah. Among other things, well, <laughs> let's not go into that. Uh, your thin veil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perhaps that's why I believe I can commune with dead people. Could be. Could be. I've been to Anne Bronte's grave, since you mentioned the Bronte sisters, in uh, Scarborough. To- Scarbados. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went to the grave. Just thought it would be cool to see Anne Bronte's yeah. grave. Haworth is a, a really interesting town because I'm, it's like really weird history to it. Like a, um, the top of the hill has got a graveyard built on it where the Bronte's house was. And then it's it's entirely built on a hill. So apparently at one point the mortality rate was like equivalent to inner city dirty London because they were basically poisoning the water supply where the rain would hit the top of the hill, trickle down through the graveyard go into like the the well or the lake at the bottom of the hill and then they oh. take the water supply from that wow. um and to the point the the amount of bodies in the graveyard is staggering for such a small town and then we were also told that due to land subsidence there's a pub that's allegedly haunted on the top of the hill called the black bull um which they said due to land subsidence basically there's now skeletons underneath it where they've slid underneath for one of their terms you yeah the water and they're like yeah, really fucking weird town really cool but really weird yeah they've had to shore up the graveyard loads and loads of times over the years because of it of the subsidence yeah no uh, yeah it's it's not a town for the faint-hearted literally you could have a heart attack walking up the street because it's so steep it's like a one in three gradient or something it's mad isn't it? yeah, yeah it was it was horrendous lugging our luggage up and down that because the car park's like right at the other end yeah <laughs> Where it's such a small town yeah yeah it was terrific anyway wow anyway yeah that's um enough about <laughs> that's a bit random um so like christmas ghost stories and then bronze <laughs> sisters um yeah so this episode christmas episode we thought we would kind of start off just by looking back at the year uh, what we've each been up to our kind of top moments uh from the year and then what we want to our plans for for coming up and what's next uh, for us in the paranormal world so who wants to kick us off with kind of a okay let's so if we each talk about a favorite maybe one of our top moments of the year whether it's something that we've experienced whether it's maybe a story that's broke or a piece of footage that we've seen on a show or whatever so let's start with mike i was pointing to michaela to be like don't fucking don't pick me uh no no sorry i was like um So what do you want like favorite favorite moment i guess 
Yeah. Pers- personal moment was the first time we went to the Stoke Museum. And I know I sound like a broken record, but the first time we went to the Stoke Museum and the the mad activity we had, um, which again is one of those moments that I'm just like, I can't even begin to sort of try and comprehend what it could have been. Um, yeah. And then again, like the second time we went back with yourself and, uh, and Greg and getting to meet, obviously I met Greg before, but getting to meet you, Ash, and getting to spend an awesome night an awesome location with you guys. Um, and again, getting to meet Michaela at the old uh, Festival of the Unexplained and our favourite Danny Moss. But yeah, getting to meet Michaela and spending, although I, as I've stated before, I wasn't there long, spending a decent chunk of time with Michaela and really getting to know getting to know you and your background and just chatting like we'd known each other for years or something, which was really cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So that um so the first time I went to the Stoke Museum, um the haunted museum in Stoke, I guess. Not the Stoke Museum. Um <coughs> just remind us for those I might not have or can't remember because it was quite a few months ago, uh, what that activity was. Obviously when you downstairs and mm-hmm. upstairs. Don't just remind us what actually happened that night. So so it was just me and Patsy the first time we went. We private hired it on her birthday of all days because uh, we were up in York the week before, and I was like, "What should we? What should we tie in with ghost hunt while we're around wherever?" And it was on the way back down, um, so it was only us two. The owner of the haunted museum was basically in his little office, and as we we're in the main sort of the conjuring room, as they call it, because it's set up like the conjuring two, uh, we could hear footsteps upstairs or movement upstairs. And Patsy uttered the fatal words of, if that's you up there, can you do it again, please? And there was a slight pause and then an almighty bang, like something had hit the floor or someone had like slammed their fist into the floor or something like that. We both looked very confused and shit ourselves, trying to work out what, A, what just happened. Um, and it was that forceful that it set up my it set off my vibration sensor that was on the stairs, which never goes off. Like the amount of investigations I've been on, and it's just never gone off. So whatever's hit the floor is physical enough to vibrate the stairs and set that off. Um, and we were really freaked out, so we went and spoke to Craig, the owner, and we were like, "Can you just rewind your CCTV about ten minutes and see?" See if you've if you've got that on your CCTV, and to have five minutes to basically decompress and be like fucking hell, what's just happened? Um, and then yeah, we were we were continuing continuing the session, and Craig came through, and he's like, yeah, our cameras have got it dead loud, with like two different angles of it happening, just this almighty bang, a camera in the room that it originates from, and there's n- like nothing moves, and there's some weird light anomalies or orbs whether you believe that or not i'm not i'm on the fence but uh but yeah just an almighty bang out of nowhere and then it just kept going from there there was a point where patsy's got a thing about whenever we go somewhere she's like don't touch me i don't want to be touched and then she felt like felt like something was sort of stroking her angle ankle ever so slightly which she said she ignored at first until it 
it persisted and she sort of jumped out of her skin and starts going, I thought I told you not to touch me. And it was just a weird night, just a really bizarre night. Um, just for activity. And we were, I mean, we're, we're sort of apprehensive slash skeptical whenever we go into anywhere, but it just didn't disappoint. It was just, yeah, just madness from start to finish, which is quite rare because the amount of investigations we've been on where very little happens. Yeah, it was it was an outlier for sure. Because when we went with you the second time, you went and uh, Greg and I joined you and the other ladies and uh, gents that came with us. <clears throat> got like not possibly not quite as it's like kind of extreme as as that, but we had like, knocking, some walking on the stairs, uh, other bangs, like quite a lot of bangs while we were downstairs coming from upstairs. Some of them seemingly on kind of response to yeah. being asked. It was definitely a cool place. Uh, to go, I definitely want to go back there at some point if, as well. If nothing else, just for the museum side of it and all the weird shit he's got, right? Mm, like yeah, personal items from Ed and Lorraine Warren, the original door from 30 East Drive. He's just got a, a Ouija board from a French serial killer that's like painted, not, well, not painted in blood, but it's got human blood on it and stuff. And it's just like, mm. where are you getting this fucking mad stuff? Um, yeah. But yeah, we, I think we definitely want to go back. It's just we were, we were reluctant to go back a third time this year because I didn't want to oversaturate it. You know what I mean? Mm. And do it too many times. And also, other uh, locations for the channel were probably interesting as well, rather than us just living at the and it's miles away from us, but living at the Stoke Museum all year and just being like, here's another video of the Stoke Museum. Hey ho. But yeah, that's but yeah, it was it was crazy. And you're right, like the second time we went, it was nowhere near as intense the banging, but it was on command. Like Yeah, like when 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 the ladies were doing the uh the Ouija board and there was bangs and stuff upstairs while we were doing that, and I can remember just sort of it's one of those situ one of those situations where we heard a bang upstairs and I just looked at you and started laughing or giggling because surreal that's the, my way of dealing with it it's just like burst, bursting out laughing going this can't this can't be real like what are we what are we witnessing here yeah definitely definitely so michaela moving on so have you got a kind of top moment for, for your paranormal year oh gosh i've i've got so many this year actually um i have to say because it's been it's been a very busy paranormal year, really. Um, so it kind of started off in February um, when I made my second visit to my haunted hotel. And that didn't disappoint. Um, it's just such a freaky place. And in fact, if I, if I lived near her, I'd be there. I would be there all the time because it just it makes you want to get to the bottom of it. You're like... I've got to figure out what's going on here. You know, there's so many things that happen. Um, and, and I just love it. It's, I just find it really exciting because like, like you said, Mike, a lot of investigations that you go on are either really boring and disappointing, or you might get one or maybe two things that happen. And then that's it. Whereas at the hotel, it's just, when I've been there, it's just been constant. Um, and I just find it, really fantastic so that was great um then 
some really good interviews. I interviewed Dave Schrader earlier in the year, and that was one of my um, really exciting moments of the year. But then it was topped by actually meeting him uh, at the Festival of the Unexplained, and I was just um, a little bit in awe, to be honest. But he turned out to be such a nice bloke, and we got on like a house on fire. And uh, he bought me a drink at the bar. Um, and it was really good. For, I just loved it at Festival of the Unexplained. And it was great to meet Mike and Patsy and make so many friends. It is such a friendly place to go. Um, so that was amazing. And um, I went on some investigations with the other realm. We went to Castle Cottage in Worcestershire, I think it is. Um which is really good. And we did some local explorations around this area down in West Sussex. There's a place not far from me called Racton Ruin, which is really, really spooky. It's an old tower. Um, and some very scary woods called Clapham Woods near Worthing, where there have been a lot of incidents of witchcraft and devil worship. Um, and that was a really spooky woods to be in. We saw these really weird lights in the woods. Um, I don't know how you would describe them. Maybe some people would call them fairy lights, not not as in, you know, the ones you put on your tree, but as in small orbs of light that seem to have an intelligence behind them. Mm. But there were quite a lot of them. Um, and we kept hearing people talking all around us in the woods and whispering, and it was really freaky. So Clapham Woods was really, really good. Um, and there's been so many moments on the podcast, and I think it was at the beginning of this year that I started doing this with um, you, you guys and Greg, which has just been really good fun. So it's been an amazing year, paranormally, actually. Um, and I finally started writing my book, so I'm very excited awesome. about that. Um, so, yeah, onwards and upwards. I did, I've had to have a break because um, I think what with teaching and trying to do all this stuff, I just got a bit worn out with everything. So, But I've started again. I've just done um, an interview with Neil Story, historian and uh, paranormal author this week. So that is dropping tomorrow on Paranormal or What podcast. And then I'm <laughs> I'm going to mercilessly bug everybody I met at the Festival of the Unexplained. I got them all to promise to come on the podcast. So I've got about six people that I'm going to pester to come on. So there's, there's been all sorts, absolutely loads of stuff. So Ash, what about you? Tell us about your year. Yeah, I think... But like both of us, we've very busy year. We're all kind of content creators, uh, which takes up a lot of time. Like you say, sometimes it's good to have a break. Um, I haven't had a break yet, um, but I'm going to slow down a little bit over Christmas uh, just to gather. If anyone's listened to the update on the podcast, uh, you know the reasons why. But for me, top moments, I mean, you, you said it in yours, um, Michaela. I mean, my haunted hotel. Anyone that's listened to the show knows that we do go on about it quite a bit. Uh, but that is just because the activity you get there is just insane. Like, I'm, I had picked it up so much before I went. Like, what's all the episodes on YouTube, all the episodes on their 
like subscription channel. Yeah. I thought I don't want to go there and it'd be a damp screen. I would be so disappointed. But you also got to expect that because we all know the paranormal we spend <clears throat> countless hours being bored and nothing happening. But the night we were there, it was just incredible. Just kicked off straight away. Intelligent responses on knocking. Um mad responses on um doing the SS method. And then when we're down in the brothel and we got Basically, answers on the ultra—is it ultravox machine? Like the loud intravox. Is intravox. It? That's t- yeah. ultravox is a band, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the intravox. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> Temptation, um, wasn't it, or is that someone else? I don't know. Carry on. <laughs> no, but I know who you. I, I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. So then it being in the brothel and capturing it all on camera with when we started off in the room five, and then literally I was two feet away from the door. And two massive knocks on the door, unmistakably, someone had knocked on the door. And then it shows the footage that no one was out there, no one was in the room behind me. It was just, and the knocks came from the door. And then we go down to the brothel. Again, we got intelligent responses. We asked, are you the same entity that was in room five? And the voice comes over the interbox, yes. Um, as a response, like pretty much straight away. And then we got incredible responses in. We've asked it to basically... The, um, we asked it, can he, can he copy us making this noise? And then it just straight away came back in the exact same pattern. Oh, completely, wow. like, no way to explain it. And we also got the massive thump on, under the table, which I caught on camera, which basically my camera jumped up as if something knocked it from underneath. Um, it was that powerful. Just constant activity just all night. It's like, like, like you say, there's... What, how can it be that it's just constant stuff all the time? And they just announced this week, actually, that they're going to be doing a live stream uh, 12 hours a day on their subscription uh, channel. Yeah, oh, they've, set up two, they've set up two live cameras, right? Yeah, I think 12 hours a day, two cameras, and they're going to move each week where the cameras are, so you kind of get different rooms and stuff. So that'd be oh, that's so cool. Definitely interesting to be watching that for sure, especially during these kind of the early hours when maybe it's a bit quieter and you can sort of maybe see what's happening when not usually kind of recording this stuff that would be interesting so that's probably the thing about the whole night the whole year that's probably the number one um night just for how buzzing it was how amazing it was and that was only a couple of days after meeting mike mm. and doing the haunted museum in stoke so that whole weekend was just like three days of mad paranormal stuff uh, going <laughs> on that really in- ignited because i'm a ufo guy i'm doing ufo stuff all the time that really ignited my Want to do the more the paranormal, get out to more investigations, doing more stuff because the like responses we'd had over them couple of nights were just incredible. Uh, unfortunately, not met Michaela yet. Um, hopefully, uh, we will. We will we see. Um, apart from that, the other great thing was again harking back to Haunted Hotel and Danny Moss recording with Danny Moss a UFO episode for the Paranormal Investigator show. Uh, out in Delamere Forest, kind of being part of a full recording scene, kind of behind the scenes and how a show was made and all the B-roll and the weird activity we had on that night whilst recording a UFO episode with a paranormal kind of investigator, kind of seeing both sides of it. That was uh, pretty interesting. And just doing, again, like Michael said, just doing the podcast, talking to so many different people, um, hearing their stories, Post out there, seeing recognition for the podcast in like 
the numbers we get, the chart figures we get, um, or the, like on the UFO identifier side of things, the amount of media coverage we've had, and it's just like down to the hard work that the team doing what I do because we don't <laughs> we don't get paid for any of this, and it's just so much hard work, and to see it kind of be paid off in recognition and stuff like that just make makes it all worth it. So yeah, been an awesome year, really. Like really seems to have been both the podcast and UFO identified, but the past 12, 18 months have just sort of gone massive like in terms of being recognised, the work we're doing, the numbers, and it's just like kind of really, really taken off at the minute, which is which is awesome. The bulk have kind of been in parallel with each other as they've been sort of the growth of it and just seeing that has just been uh, amazing as well. So hopefully that will continue as well. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad it's <clears throat> I'm glad it's going well for you, definitely. As you say, there's there's kind of nothing worse than when you feel like you're putting in loads of hard work and you're just spinning wheels, you know what I mean? So I'm so glad it's it's going well for you. Um I can't remember what else I was going to say. Oh, to echo what you were saying about the podcasting and getting better on my personal side of things doing more on youtube and hopefully producing better content as well um has been a big thing and growing the channel and just enjoying the channel more i guess like kind of not trying to chase what everyone else is doing and trying to carve carve my own identity in terms of mm. in terms of what i'm doing which may may not be happening and i may be another fucking boring paranormal youtube channel but i like to keep telling myself that i'm a I'm trying to do something different. Um, do you remember when we went to the Stoke Museum, the tarot card thing? Yes. Okay, so I did it again on a recent investigation at a place called Merley House down in Bournemouth. Right. Um, so I was the only one that knew the card, put it in an envelope, and then said if anyone gets it, psychically or whatever throughout the night or if it comes for any of the devices obviously it's going to be crazy because blah blah not long after we got a name through the alice box i believe it was ronald or something and not long after that i said something to the effect of ronald can you tell me what the card is in this envelope and then not long afterwards moon comes through and I lost my fucking mind because I'm like, uh, open that envelope and the card that's in there is the moon tarot card. And it was just, it was one of those moments that I was like, wow, there's probability and there's possibility. But how, to quote you guys, how, how much of it, how, when does a coincidence become too coincidental? Do you know what, or do you know what I mean? Like, when is it mm. too improbable to be a coincidence and when it's something along the lines of 2000 words in the alice box 22 different tarot cards and and yeah it comes through not long after me saying yeah and it was just it was just one of those moments another one of those surreal moments where i lost my mind and was just like what the fuck is going on crazy yeah, a, a synchronicity yeah and yeah it's and this is the thing i, I said to someone recently like I don't even necessarily, and this is this might sound grandiose and a bit wanky on my part, but I don't even necessarily see what I what I do on the channel as ghost hunting or paranormal investigating. At the end of the day, it's more 
anomaly finding like anomalous weird things that happen and that may that may not be ghosts or paranormal or anything but when there's weird synchronicities like that or when stoke museum there's bangs above us and it's like where the fuck is that coming from so yeah it's more about finding looking and finding weirdness than ghosts or whatever like I like say like when we were there had that response but it's kind of like you can kind of laughing like this is unbelievable like mm. i was just like like at the Hoyt hotel it's like we go expect this something to happen but then the amount of stuff we got it's just like it's just like um totally unbelievable it's like how is this even happening like it's just and and it's happening right next to us like and it, there's something like so i'm there so i thinking there's something in this room with us like there's no doubt like at all that there is something don't know what that thing is don't know what's causing it, whether it's a spirit, whether it's something else. Don't know what the that the like say the anomaly. Don't know what the anomalous thing is, but there's something with us in these four walls, reacting to us, responding to us, making these noises. And it's just in, in the past, probably like in years past, I probably would have been a bit like freaked out. Like when I had my ghost experience in the pub years ago, when I saw someone walk in, that kind of freaked me out. I was, Proper like went white and stuff because I knew I had seen somebody walk in. With this, like it was like there was no fear or anything. It was just like kind of like like a surreal, like kind of laughing, like what is happening? Yeah, like there's something, and it's not like I'm not scared of it, but there's something with us that we don't know what it is. It's just a really, really weird kind of situation to be in when this is happening like around you. It it defies all your ideas of reality, right? And I think this is mm. why me and me and Greg used to opt for when something monumental happens, our only reaction is to just go, fuck, fuck off. Because <laughs> it's so unbelievable. You're just like, fucking what's just fucking happened? And another one that comes out of my mouth quite often when something weird happens is I'll go, there's no way. It's like, there's no fucking way this is happening. Like, it's too it's too improbable to happen. Um, where was your favourite investigation this year, Michaela? Um. Well, it was my haunted hotel. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, tomorrow if you want. Um, but it was well, it was just like Ash said, you know. Um, I, I, I wasn't scared by any of it. I was just more and more and more confused and and kind of frustrated as to why why I I couldn't get to the bottom of what was going on so I was in we were in room five both times I was there and um thing something was knocked on the door unmistakably unmistakably now um I'm the sort of person you know I'm the person in the horror film that goes to find out what's going on and everyone's shouting at them going no no you don't go there um so I immediately rushed to the door and opened the door to see what was there and of course nothing was there so I went out into the corridor and when we were in room three as well I could literally hear footsteps walking up and down the corridor and I became quite manically obsessive about it and every time I heard the footsteps I'd throw the door open go where are they where are they they must be here and it was just I don't know it was just so exciting it was really exciting I did get quite nervous in in room um is it room uh, two what is it no which is the one that grace is in room 
Eight. Eight. That's the one, yeah. I can't believe I've forgotten that. Um, but I don't know whether that was because of all the hype at the time around it. Um, because I didn't actually feel scared when I was in there. I was really nervous before I went in. And then when I was in there, I was like, well, this is ridiculous. There's, you know, there's a doll in a case in a small room. What am I? <laughs> but, it, you know, it is very atmospheric. And um, it, it was just, there's nothing that can compare to it. And I feel like um, it probably is a good job I don't live near because I think I'd be going all the time and getting quite obsessive about trying to find out what was going on. And um, it's come the nearest to the thing that I crave as an investigator, my what I crave is to have a conversation with a spirit. Um, and you can, you know, you can do that through knocking. It's very rare to be able to have a, a proper sort of two-way communication through knocking or whatever else. Because there are certain things that feel like it's real. Like if you communicate through knocking and you're asking questions and you're saying, you know, one knock for no and two knocks for yes, you feel like you're having a proper communication with something, whereas things like Ouija boards and all that other stuff, it doesn't feel real somehow, or it doesn't feel like you're speaking to a spirit. It does almost feel like you could be doing it yourself through some, you know, I don't know, yeah, psychokinetic power or something like that. Um, and that's come the closest that I've ever been to feeling like I've actually had a conversation with a spirit. So I think that would have to be it. Um, and then, of course, am I going to be able to go anywhere else that's going to, you know, live up to that? I don't know. I'd like to. I need to go to America. And that's uh, when, when I tell you all about what I'm hoping to do in the future, that, that's going to come up then. <laughs> have you... Have you seen the recent footage from my haunted hotel in uh, room eight where there's a guest that, and then paranormal or not, who knows, but there's a guest that basically has a panic attack and then passes out in room eight? No, I actually uh, I hold my help, hands up and say I haven't watched it for probably about four weeks, so I've got quite a lot to catch up on. It's, it does say paranormal or not, it's real fucking harrowing just to see someone in such a state over over whatever really yeah it's a very freaky moment and they sort of released a it was like a big compilation episode well not a compilation episode but a big episode from like four weeks worth of stuff where like loads of stuff was happening they were getting like child voices out of the doll again and and all manner of shit was happening with us so they had to close roommate again to be like no one's going in it for the safety of guests and stuff, because it seems like it's ramping up and this, and that could be hyperbole in a way of marketing. But it certainly seems like some weird shit was starting to ramp up with it. Because it wasn't that long ago when it had that goat noise, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, in the room, it's just a, such a random noise to kind of hear anyway. And when that noise, same noise had been heard as it sat in the hallway it used to be. And that was kind of a sign that it was kind of ramping up a bit with this goat noise and, and association it, with it. Yeah, and it depends what you believe, because there's a lot of associations between goats and cloven hooves with demons and stuff. Mm. And from what Danny says about uh, 
the attachments of the attachments of the Greystole and the fact that it said a couple of names that are uh, demonic. It depends if you believe in that sort of stuff. I'm I'm a bit on the fence about it, but it's def if if it's real, it's definitely fucking weird. Yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure. Um <laughs> I've yes. had some weird things happening at my house. Shall I tell you about that? Yes, that's <laughs> <do it. laughs> um so anybody <clears throat> who has listened to my podcast um will know that every now and then I pop in my my stories, my experiences that have happened, and they're all really random and very, very inane, normal, everyday things that happen, um, but in such a way that I can't explain. So the last one last week was um, I was sat in the living room. My husband was out at his band practice, and I was sat with my two teenage boys in the living room, and... We were watching a horror film, I think, at the time, which kind of added to the uh, the whole feeling of everything. And there was a particular moment in the film and all three of us, it was something that was really emotional. Like, oh, how annoying, I can't quite remember. It was something that was really emotional that happened in the film. And right at that moment, there was a massive thump came from the kitchen and we all stopped and went what was that um anyway weird things happen in our house I don't think my house is haunted but weird things do happen in it quite a lot so so we literally just carried on watching the film anyway a few minutes later somebody needed the loo which always seems to happen when we're watching films so we paused it and I came out into the kitchen and I went oh my god boys you're not going to believe this and um they said what 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 and i went the bread is on the floor in the hall and they were like what i was like so the bread we had a loaf of bread that was sat on the top of the toaster um as you do because our bread bin's too small and too full um and between the um, the bread bin and the floor is the kettle. Um, and so the bread would have had to jump over the kettle off the toaster, not touch the side of the uh, worktop, and then fall sideways to go through the doorway and into the hall. So the bread had literally catapulted itself off the toaster over the kettle over the worktop and sideways down the hall and the, the the bang that we heard was the thud of the bread hitting the floor with force having not hit anything else on the way down did and you tell your this, husband yeah and do you know what he said <laughs> oh, he just fell off the toaster um, no, it can't have done. It can't have launched itself off the toaster, over the kettle, missing the worktop, and down through the doorway into the hall. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, things that happen like that in this house all the time, and everybody just goes, "Oh, there'll be some explanation for it." And I'm going, "No, there can't be." <laughs> um, but then, right. 
there was also a part of me that was thinking, could it be one of us doing it? Because it was a really intense moment that we were watching how some one of us somehow got a bit of PK power that we didn't know about and that happened. I mean, but which is more outrageous? Is it more outrageous that there is some sort of spirit throwing bread around or is it more outrageous that one of us has got some sort of PK ability and without realising through the bread across the room? I don't know. What do you reckon? Teenagers and poltergeist activity. Mm, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Prevalent in most poltergeist cases that there's a teenager involved or a child of some sort. I say like the emotion plus maybe mm. hormones and stuff, that kind of power that could be absolutely you never just know. a re just a release of energy. Yeah, yeah, it could be. There's I'll tell you again. something else that oh yeah, that annoys me <laughs> as well. I'm just gonna tell you this and um <laughs> you can probably hear me from here. So um I um I've got these cards. I I, I spoke um last year on my podcast to a Russian um Russian um, investigator, okay, and he's really he's really interesting, um, and they use Xena cards quite a lot. Have you heard of Xena cards? So Xena cards are cards that are used for um, testing ESP, and they're a series of cards, and there are I think four or six shapes on on um, there's about twenty odd cards in the set and um you have maybe a triangle and there's a, a wavy design and a circle and blah 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 and so you have to one person looks at the card and tries to psychically communicate that shape to the other person um and in the the box it has um it tells you you know what the probability is of you, a you being able to guess and if you have some sort of esp power then you might get this many right blah 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 so so we did it and and i got my husband to do it even though he doesn't have anything to do with anything like this whatsoever doesn't believe in anything and guess what happened <laughs> you got it right or he got it right <laughs> I bombed and he got a way above average score. <laughs> and I was like, you are having me on. You are not psychic when you're a skeptic and you don't want anything to do with this. And I'm the one with no no abilities whatsoever. And, uh, and I'm the one who's doing the podcast. Do you want to hear a really funny story that echoes that? What? So when we first started investigating, I wasn't really into it at all. It was Patsy's idea and she booked us on a ghost hunt. And I was like, it's going to be bullshit. It's all going to be explainable. And then weird things happens. And from weird things happening, ha weird things happening. That's how I started to go down the route of thinking that I might have some sort of ability. And at the time, Patsy was like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm the one who believes in all this and he's the fucking one who could talk to and all this sort of stuff. And it echoes exactly what you were just saying <laughs> that your husband's massively skeptical and the one with the above average score on the old Zena cards. I know, it's not fair. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, he needs to tap into it. He needs to uh, He needs to go on an investigation with you. He would never, he would never. Even today, um, while I was trying to um, wait for everybody because um, it seems to be a massive thing to try and get everybody together in our house to watch one TV show. 
and um, we were going to watch Breaking Bad. Um, so I was watching a little bit of Paranormal Court on camera while I was waiting, and um, they there was some amazing footage of what looks like a Bigfoot in America, and I'm shouting at Tom going, look, look, there you go, there you go, that's a Bigfoot, there you go. And he wouldn't even look up from his phone to the television. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much he doesn't believe <laughs> you just need to convince him to go on an investigation one time and see if there is like that that pivotal moment where his he logically can't explain something and then goes oh, hang on a fucking minute mm. good luck yeah <laughs> <laughs> think gonna happen <laughs> yeah that's mad that's mad. Um, so I guess, in fact, let's just throw something in here. This might put you guys on the spot a little bit. Um, so I might go first just to give you guys a little bit of thinking time, maybe. Um, but a hey, your favourite or top either documentary or TV series that you've watched this year that you think should be kind of like your favorite maybe from all the ones you've seen your favorite one uh, so i'll give you a couple of minutes to to think and i'm going to start and i'll say and it's this is kind of moving on a little bit differently to what i've been talking about and it's a documentary called wolflands uh, from paul sinclair and this is kind of how it sounds uh it's documentary filmed in north yorkshire and kind of the east ridings of yorkshire and paul's basically searched for dog, man, wolf, werewolf type creatures in the North Yorkshire moors and in, in the forest of North Yorkshire. And it's just so, it's so detailed. And some of the stories and witnesses that he has in the documentary are so compelling and like the people are so genuine. And you can tell like they're so fearful when they're like describing their experiences. Like two of the guys are like ex-army going night camping, whatever they set up the camp have an experience with some type of creature or something coming after him and they just packed up and left they're like nope we, we are not having this and then during the course of the research all these little villages that are dotted around with these forests like tiny little hamlets like a lot of the names kind of translate in latin and other languages back to like land of the wolf um hound like hound land all these like werewolf and they all kind of in english they're kind of something normal but when you translate them it's like the original names all relate to like yeah. werewolves or Gr grim pound dog man and stuff like that and it's so crazy and it's all in this area where there's lots of people been killed gone missing uh sightings dogmen he also talks about a lot of the lights out over benton uh ufo sightings weird lights like similar to yours scale with the kind of lights in the forest and stuff um where like night lights or whatever weather scene in the forest and there's quite a lot of like cases like that around the world where there's unexplainable lights in the middle of the forest and it's like like in the past have been called like will the wisp and things like this it's like where where are these lights coming from and like big thicket in texas has them famously his darling lights similar type of thing again but wolflands like i say not really ghosts it's it's, it's paranormal Dog man, it's like, and there's a couple of cases where I think one was a biker, one was just like a like a walker, where they've been chased by something invisible, 
like they can feel something coming down after him, but there's nothing there. But just obviously like being chased by something, but they don't know what it is, and it's just so terrifying hearing these tales back. So I do urge everyone to watch Wolfhounds. That's been my uh, favourite kind of new documentary that's come out this year. Fantastic! And where can we watch that? I'm definitely on Amazon. I think it's on a various couple of. Uh, I think it's like three pounds to rent on Amazon or something. Uh, Wolflands by Paul Sinclair. Definitely oh, wow. worth uh, checking out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that because um, it kind of ties in. So I hope you don't mind me jumping in, Mike. But it really no, you carry on. Um, ties in with something I've just started watching, um, which is by a friend of mine. So there's three programs that I want to tell you about because I'm, I'm an avid paranormal television watcher. Um, so the one that I started watching last night, um, I'll give you a bit of background on it. Um, I write for an American paranormal magazine called Paranormality Magazine. And one of the writers, um, he, he recently left, um, but he's gone on to bigger and better things. Um, with the magazine was um, a guy called Aaron Dees. And he is, well, to say he's interested in Dogman might be an understatement. In fact, um, he um, has done a whole documentary with uh, the people. Well, he's written a book and it's called The Texas Dogman Triangle. And um, from that, he has had a documentary made with the guys from Small Town Monsters. Um, Seth Breedlove um, mm. is the guy who's made it. And um, it's all about, it, it's actually called The Dogman Triangle, Werewolves in the Lone Star State. And that is also on Amazon and it's free, um, which would be a really par a good partner kind of thing to watch. Um, as the Paul Sinclair one. Um, and it's, um, oh God, my memory is so bad at the moment. It's got, uh, oh, got Shannon Legros is in it, who's um, quite a well-known podcaster. Um, and she goes with Aaron and uh, there's quite, quite a few other people in it uh, who used to be at the magazine, actually. Um, and they, it's just a fantastic documentary. I haven't finished watching it yet. I've got about 20 minutes left to watch. So that is one that I would really recommend. I, I love their stuff, like on the trail of, um, yeah. the trail of UFOs and the trail of Bigfoot. Big like, yeah. 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 Good, good stuff from them. Really good documentaries. Um, so that's that's a really good one to watch in tandem with, with your one. Um, my other two are British ones. So there's one you might have heard of um, a programme uh, that's been on quite a lot called um, Spooked Scotland. Um, you, you might not. Anyway, they've done a spin-off of Spooked Scotland, um, which is called Spooked Ireland, and it's with Chris Fleming, the medium. And um, it's uh, there's this other lady... Um, who's a model? Um, oh, she's got an unusual name. I've completely forgotten her name now. Vogue, Vogue Williams, maybe I think it is. Um, and Evelyn Hollow. Um, and it's really good. It's absolutely um, riveting. Um, even better than the Spook Scotland one. And they just went to a castle in County Cork last week called Blackwater Castle. 
which is for sale. And I tell you what, if I had two million euros, I would buy that castle in a heartbeat because it looks like the most haunted thing I've ever seen. It's like my haunted hotel times 20, kind of the vastness of it. Um, it it's fascinating. It's well worth watching Spooked, Spooked Island. Um, and the other one is one that I've heard people say good things about and bad things about, but I love it. And it's helped my house is haunted. And it has um, Ian Lawman, the psychic, and Barry Guy, who I've met, I've been on one of his investigations in uh, Hastings. Um, and it has uh, historians on it. And Neil Story's been on there a few times. And Penny Griffiths Morgan as well. And people go around to, the, this group of people go around and help people, obviously. If their house is haunted, they go and find out what's going on and they look into the history behind it. Um, and I, I find it really, really good. Um, I shall stop now because I could probably go on about paranormal <laughs> TV programs for a very long time because I have watched a lot. I love watching them. I just can't get enough of them. What about you, Mike? Um, I'm kind of the opposite where I don't really watch any paranormal TV um, because I don't really watch any TV, to be honest with you. And yeah. Uh, but of the ones I did watch the year, there was a BBC documentary called The Girl, the Ghost, the Gravestone. Yeah, I saw that. Um, which was fantastic. Like the way it was, the way it was filmed and the way it wasn't them just running around going oh it's definitely ghosts sean i don't remember her last name the host uh went into it very skeptically and went into it very methodically and was looking at all the historical documents about the haunting or this haunting on poltergeist in wales wherever it was um and then the other one which i had to google uh and this will probably impress you ash encounters on Netflix, which is all about UFOs and aliens. Um, and you've probably heard about all of them before. But again, each episode's a different sort of encounter. Yeah, is that the one where the first were? episode is the way like the first uh, one was in Broadhaven? Yeah. Yes, the first one's Broadhaven, and then they interview people who had experience of it and what they experienced and everything. And it was it was it was brilliant. We we really enjoyed that, and then one of the other ones was about the the school in Africa or South Africa. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And then there's some guy who's there going, "I made it all up. It's fake." Blah blah blah, and he's very anti a lot of it. And then there's about five or six other people who are like, "Oh no, we definitely saw it." So the other, but yeah, that's very good as well. But yeah, uh, the two that probably stood out for me of the very few i watched cool no, i could see um talking about a ufo type of thing that was uh yeah good stuff <laughs> i quite like it i just don't have much time with it with the with the paranormal stuff yeah true true so i guess lots of recommendations there people to watch out michaela's i've never, not seen any of the ones that you um seen i've heard of like help my house is haunted um yeah never never see it not a normal tv i'm not sure what and channel channeling on and stuff. Um, it's not like Netflix, not really. Can't, can't really watch it. Or, no, I'm um, sure it's Amazon. channel four. It's on Discovery Plus anyway. 
Cool, cool. Anyway, so looking forward to 2024 and beyond. Let's start with, let's go with Mike. What's coming up for you? Um, I have got, I've actually got one more investigation this year at the aforementioned Castle Cottage in a couple of weeks' time. So if you've got any tips on what works and what doesn't work there, Michaela, that'd be ideal. Um, in terms of 2024, I don't actually think we've got anything planned. I know that the the paranormal group we normally go with have got lots of plans to go back to various places, various good places as well. Um, and we're kind of at their mercy. I definitely want to get up to my haunted hotel next year and I guess back to the Stoke Museum. We were talking about a sort of a mini paranormal road trip down to Cornwall Way and maybe go to like the Jamaica Inn and uh and some places down there. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But yeah, that was potentially something that's in the pipeline. Uh and yeah, just just more basically. Hopefully keep growing and making my content better and the channel better. What about your equipment that you've been... Uh, I, that's just to fuck around, to be honest with you. I've never, it's interesting I, seeing it. Yeah, I just want to try some new ideas, realistically. I don't I don't think I'm ever going to uh, commercialise it like some of the other guys do, um, because that seems a lot of faff, but it's just nice to... Like, the most recent one is is my take on sort of Danny Moss's Intravox thing that pumps out white noise. And we used it last Saturday, just gone. We didn't get any results from it, but it's one of those things I'll just keep using and see if anything happens. Um, and the other one that you guys have probably seen me plaster all over the group is an ultrasonic sound sensor, which is basically like a, a tripwire that uses ultrasonic sound waves. So it's not affected by like dust particles or things like that. Um, again, I've used that on a couple of investigations. It's never actually gone off by itself, but then that's probably a good thing that it's not going off at like every slight thing. Mm. Uh, and yeah, but that's just, yeah, the equipment side of things is just a just like a personal passion passion project. I don't think I'm ever gonna go down the route of commercializing it or selling it. But who knows if you if you ask me nice me maybe if you ask me nicely maybe I'll build you something. <laughs> so it's interesting seeing like sort of different things and like, you kind of see all the same old things and all the shows and things. Cool. That was my take. Could see something different. That was my take with the ultrasonics. I was talking to my manager at work because he bought a a kit of stuff that he was going to be messing around with electronics wise. And I saw a picture of it and I went, "What the hell's that?" And he went, "Oh, it's an ultrasonic. It's an ultrasonic sensor." And the minute he said it, my brain went, "I can use this for ghost hunting." <laughs> um, yeah, because you're right. I've never seen anyone use an ultrasonic sensor. Maybe that's because they don't actually pick up anything, and people don't like them because they're too too legit, so to speak, and can't be manipulated. But I've never seen anyone use one, so I was like, "Well, fuck it. I'll I'll build my own and I'll start field testing it and see see if we get anything. See if it goes off at a random point. Which, if it does, that'll be amazing because it's something I've built myself and I know." There's no, there's no trickery with it, so to speak. Apart from, maybe, apart from me, maybe my dodgy soldering, but that's <laughs> another story. 
Cool, cool. Michaela, what's in your pipeline? Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't like to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> as for things I'd like to be doing, well, that's different. Um, well, I'm going to hold you <laughs> to <coughs> that promise you made with me and um, the ladies from To Investigate to go to Delamere Forest. I still want to do that. And what's more, I have big, big plans in my head for that. Um, awesome. I think we ought to get a CE5 group as well and have a go. I've always wanted to have a go at that. Um, one of my big to-dos in my life is that I want to see a UFO or a UAP with my own eyes. Um, of course, I'll tell you what, there ain't any around Chichester. Um, believe me, I've tried looking. Um, I've even been to dark hills uh, on dark nights and stood there looking out. Um, so I'd really like to sort of do that. I'd really like to come up. I'd like to meet you and I'd like to meet the girls and I'd like to do a UFO investigation. So that's one of my to-dos. So I shall be nagging all year until it happens. Um, I've got some really um, interesting people that I've got in my mind for coming on my podcast. Um, some of the people that I met at the Festival of the Unexplained. Also, I... Um, I would like I would like to team up with some people, some more people to go on investigations, um, because I've I've got you know the group that I'm part of the other realm, but they're quite a long way away from me. Um, I'd really like to form a group in my local area. So if there's anybody in the Chichester, Worthing, or Portsmouth areas that would like to join a new group, please get in touch with me. Um, and email me at paranormal or what podcast at outlook.com. So that's one of my things that I'd really like to do is to get a local group together. Yes, Mike's with me. Are you, when you say the local area, are you willing to go as far as Bournemouth? How's that for distance wise for yourself? That's probably the same as it's the same, the same as, as the, the other yeah. realm in it. Okay. Yeah, because the events group I go with are based in Bournemouth. Oh, right. So I was going to say that might be an option, but if it's yeah. in, my mind, in my mind, Portsmouth and Bournemouth are next to each other, but evidently, like, in reality, no, they're not, not really. are they? No, <laughs> <not at all. laughs> um, what, what I want to be able to do is I want to have a few pals in my area that I can go, oh, I'm not doing anything this Saturday night. Do you fancy going, poking around, you know, the local spooky place? Um, not something where you have to kind of make big plans to meet up with people. Um, I probably just want my cake and eat it, my paranormal cake and eat it. Um, so I want some some paranormal best friends in Chichester, please, <laughs> if they exist. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about it, really. I'm going to carry on with the podcast, try and get some really good people on and um, hopefully get a few more listeners. I'm trying to persuade people, actually, at the moment. Sorry, this is a shameless plug. Do you mind if I do it. a shameless plug? Go for it. Um, I'm trying to get... Um, oh, hang on a minute. I'm trying to get people to... I want to do a slot in my podcast where people call in with their experiences. Um, so I've got myself an extra phone 
and I've got a line that um, people can actually leave me messages on now and I'm just looking at what the number is and I want people to ring in with their paranormal experiences and leave it on the voicemail so that I can then download that audio and put it onto the podcast so I can have a little separate section. So if you have a paranormal experience that you would like to let me know about, please give me a ring on my number, which is 07935 100 162. That's 07935-100-162. Shameless plug over. Um, I'll put that number down below as well. Yeah, <laughs> Thank Paul you. Michaela's Paranormal Hotline. Yes. Um, and that would be amazing. I've been wanting to do that ever since I started the podcast. But even I can't even get my friends to record their experiences and send them to me. Never mind people I don't know. So we'll see how that goes. I'll give, I'll give you a call. I'll, uh... Yay! Go on then, Mr. Ellis, round us off. What have you got planned for next year? Well, in fact, I wanted to ask Michaela because she mentioned the book. Oh, I yes. To know a bit more about the book okay. you are writing. Right. Well, it is. Well, I'm a primary school teacher in my day job. If anybody wants to offer me a paranormal job, I'm well up for leaving, um, <laughs> just to let you know. Um, I'm quite happy to be a paranormal, you know, presenter. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I can be bought. Um, right, so my, my plan B to become um, not a teacher anymore, love the children, hate all the paperwork, um, is that I'm writing a children's book. And the children's book, is about a girl who meets some aliens. Now, I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but let's just say that I am hoping to intertwine lots of the current knowledge about possible UFOs, possible abductions, possible things that... Um, beings from outer space might be looking for and wanting from Earth. So I'm trying to, I'm doing a lot of research to try and intertwine some real, you know, real as we think it is, things into it. So it's not completely fiction. It's a fictional story based around a lot of research that's been going on by a lot of people. And I'm trying to bring that all together in a story. I don't know whether that would be hugely controversial, um, but I'll give it a go. We'll see. Awesome. Well, good luck um, with that. And just mind me, actually, one of my um, proud moments in this year is releasing two books. Um, both took over 12 months to write. One with Greg, one, one by myself. Just getting them out, uh, seeing the sales of them. Um yeah, it was incredible to have two books of a bookshelf that I've written. It's just a really uh, cool feeling. And looking yeah. to write the third as well, uh, which I will start in the new year. So aside from that, my plans going forward, just hopefully meet up with Mike again at some point. I'm sure we'll uh, get get something planned, maybe the whole time. I, ha- I have ideas. Cool. I'll talk to you about them after. Cool. And, of course, Michaela, uh, definitely going to, do something this year, whether it's down near Forest. I do want to go back down to Suffolk um, when they'll show 
uh, been a yeah. couple of years. I've got some unfinished business down there with what I wanted to do. I didn't get enough time last time. I uh, so definitely want to go back down to uh, Suffolk that way, which isn't too far from from you. So I'll give you a nod when I'm in the area. Yeah, and, I'm uh, definitely up for coming um, anywhere if you need a, a partner. Or, yeah, drag Mike along as well and we'll all come along and chum yeah. you along. <laughs> and I was just looking because you said no UFOs in Chichester. So I just pulled up the database while... Um, <laughs> not that I've seen. <laughs> what, what, uh, what database is that, Ash? Uh, the, the biggest database of UFO sightings in the UK. At UFO and what's identified, that called? UFOidentified.co.uk. And this year, so I've only, got, I've only brought up this year's database so far, which is like 300 reports at the minute from the UK this year. And there is none from Chichester. I'll give you that one. Told it. So far. However, we do have Worthing. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Worthing before. Um, one Rye is that anywhere near? And us towards Brighton, I think. And uh, the other one that could be close is Hassocks. Right. Okay. So I think that's, that's east East Sussex as well. East yeah. So, so they're all way east of me. Yeah. We're in a paranormal black spot in Chichester. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'm sure it's in Chichester. I thought I need to go find one. I couldn't find one. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, They're all doing it just to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved here and I'm like, right, come on. And they're like, oh, no, we don't do that. <laughs> perhaps it's you, Michaela. Perhaps they're avoiding you, mate. Probably. Perhaps they're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm destined never to see you ever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, aside from that, definitely want to go back to the Haunted Hotel, of course, without, yeah, without a doubt, going back yeah, there definitely. at some point in the new year. Uh, for the podcast itself, uh, I'm going to do a bit of a soft relaunch from January onwards, uh, maybe a new direction for the podcast, we will see. That's still in the planning stage, but we see, we'll still see the, the, the usual guys, usual faces, but we may see some different things coming as well, just as we kind of develop the new direction for the podcast without Greg. So it's going to be kind of just me going forward. But I'm sure I will have people joining me along uh, the way as we move forward. But yeah, lots um, lots to be planned, lots to be done. And 2023 is a massive year uh, for me, for the podcast, uh, for you guys as well. And we can just get to know you guys. I don't think, yeah, it's probably... About this year, this time last year, when we started doing this, I can't remember. Uh, it's Fe- February this year. Because it's February, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's been good to talk to you guys more most months. Um, obviously, we, and we will carry that on uh, yeah. going forward and hopefully other stuff together as well, which will be uh, exciting. Wicked. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, anything to add by anyone before we? wrap up for the year i think so just touch on what you were saying uh doing this podcast most months of the year has been a highlight because it's just nice to sort of brain dump and talk with like-minded people about endless amounts of paranormal rubbish (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely second that because um doing other things for the podcast and for your channel mike you know that an awful lot of preparation goes into it um whereas it is nice to just like you said get together with people 
and obviously we have an agenda and we know what we're going to talk about but it's so free just to be able to go oh what am I doing tonight oh great I'm talking to Ash and Greg and Mike and yay that'll be a nice evening it's just really nice thing to look forward to yeah absolutely awesome well I hope you both have a great Christmas you too um, and happy new year and (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks for coming along and I know we'll work together a lot in the future so here's to 2024 thanks for having us as well man yeah thank you cheers cheers Cheers. <laughs> Clink. <laughs>